appreciate the one and only. There ain't nobody like him. Do you appreciate your pastor, Samuel Purdy? Let him hear it right now. Glory to God. Best thing that ever happened to him was Jesus. The second best thing is when Amy walked into his life. Amen. Glory to God. I am so excited to be here today. Uh, Pastor Samuel has um, been more instrumental in my ministry than he understands or that he knows about. Sometimes God will have you call somebody at a moment when you don't know what they're going through. Sometimes you'll text somebody. You don't know what they're going through. Samuel has known me for several years and he loves me anyway. Bless the Lord. There's been times where he would call me at a time where I didn't want to talk to anybody and he'd call me and I, you can't not answer his call. And I'd be wiping tears out of my eyes. He'd say, hey man, I was just thinking about you. And so I'd have to straighten up and act like I felt good. But there's moments where God puts somebody on your heart, reach out to them right then. Reach out to them right then. Don't wait. Because there's a reason the Spirit of God is stirring in you to reach out to people. If you'll notice, in the last couple of years, one thing that the enemy did is he stopped us from contacting each other. We had to social distance. We had to stay away from places. Get back and use the technology in your hand. Call people. Text people. Wave at people. Not like you do in traffic. Wave, wave in the... But if we will contact people when the Spirit of God tells us and tell them, the Spirit of God was dealing with me and I'm just supposed to call you. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just calling you to brighten up your day. You'd be amazed how many people's lives would change. You'd be utterly amazed how many people's lives would change if the church people would start acting like we cared about the non-church people. Glory to God. Everybody say amen. amen. Everybody say Hallelujah. Everybody say glory. glory. Everybody say Lord. Lord. Help the preacher to hurry. Glory to God. Pastor Samuel, you have been a general practitioner if we were to put you in the doctor's world. But God is going to start laying some things into your spirit and you're going to become surgical. Some of the men that are around you, they are handpicked by the Lord himself. And some things that you're going to put into their life are surgical. It's going to free them from some addictions. It's going to free them from some things that have held them bound. Men can walk years being bound to something and not be loose from it. The Lord is about to begin to change some of what you do. Now, not, you can't change everything, but he's got to change some of what you do. And you're going to be more surgical. And some of those moments will be one-on-one. And some of those moments will maybe be... With a group of men. Some of the moments are come right out of the pulpit. But God has got some things. And it's not going to be the, the general practitioner. Because as, as a pastor we have to try to, to prepare a message. And it's for the general. But God is going to put some things in you that are going to be more surgical. And you're going to reach in and begin to mend. And begin to restore and begin to renew in men and women's lives. And it's going to be by the, by the Spirit of God. And it, there will be, thus saith the Lord. And there will be at this moment and this time. God is moving you into another. Uh, it's not a direction. It's, it's adding to your toolkit. There it is. He's adding to your, I don't really have a lot of tools. I don't use tools, so I know that's a word from the Lord. He's, he's adding to your toolkit because you've done great work, but I need you to be more 
um, th- there's going to be moments where you have to be specific. And deep things and intimate things aren't in big crowds. So when God deals with you at certain times, know that that's the Spirit of the Lord and he's being, the, the Lord's going to use you very surgically in people's lives. And, and, and that's going to be in addition to, what, you know, you don't do enough already, of course. You know, as pastors, we only work one day a week. But God's going to lay some things in you that are going to set some men free. And if I, because if you set the man free, I can just about set the home free. Amen. And, and God's going to move in you. There's going to be some thus saith the Lord. So you're, you're going to notice an increase in this area. You're going to notice that the spirit of God's going to put, it's not going to resist the enemy fighting this in you because what, what, here's what the enemy tries to do when we're pastors and we know the people. We have a tendency to say, well, I know that. Don't brush that aside. When God starts putting something to say, hey, go talk to him about this. Don't put it on the shelf of I know that. Because sometimes as pastors, we don't do it. Well, that's just me. That's the enemy fighting you. You understand what I'm talking about because we've got years of ministry in this. But God is saying, I'm going to need your voice and your direction because you don't get the love of God without getting the power of God. You don't just get the love of God. You also get the power of God. You get the holiness of God. You, you get the separation that comes with God. And God, the Lord's going to use you in a new dimension. It's not just going to be for six months. It's not going to be for, there's, there's a new dimension coming to you. And it's going to be much more specific. It's going to be much more thus saith the Lord. When doors do open that you go out, be very sensitive that when you are there, is there a thus saith the Lord? Is there a prophetic word? Am I supposed to say that? And follow that lead. Because the Lord is going to open some doors and bring you into places that are especially designed to get what you have in you. And I'm honored that you're coming to my church next week, but I'm more honored that I know you as my friend and my brother in the Lord. And God's about to really open some things and, and put some extra, uh, some extra things in you concerning the ministry. Does everybody agree with that? Everybody stretch forth your hand right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Pastor. Some of y'all need to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Pastor Samuel. And we bless him today. And we seal this word from the Lord. We rebuke the enemy. The enemy's not going to steal this. And we thank you for this man of God who is an example, who is faithful. And Lord, you're putting new tools in his arsenal in Jesus' name. Everybody in agreement, say amen. amen. All right, look at somebody around you and say, sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's both. I, I, I got raised up in, in, in the church world and I've seen almost every manifestation. I've heard every doctrine that there is. And we, if we're not careful, we can get overbalanced. We can get out of balance going one way or the other. I, I, I came up in church and we had, where, where we had Sunday night service and we'd have testimonies on Sunday night. Anybody ever remember testimony service? Am I the only one? Okay. And it would start right, but it would end wrong. It would turn into a whinemony, not a testimony. And they'd stand up and say, I want to thank the Lord for being good to me. Okay, that's a good start. But I fell down and broke my leg, thank you, God. Wait, don't thank the Lord that you broke your leg. Doctor said I'd never walk again, bless his name. I'm like... No, 
Yes, you fell and, you know, broke your leg, but let's pray that God does something. Sometimes you're at church with a broken leg. Has anybody ever had a car that had a flat tire? Okay, if y'all talk to me, we're going to get through this faster. How many of you have ever had a flat tire? Okay. Did you sell the car because it had a flat tire? Did you still have to pay the payment on that car? Did the car have gas? Did the, did the battery work? Okay. You know, if you didn't, did you have jumper cables? Just because the car has a flat tire doesn't mean there's not still value in the car. The most ridiculous thing is to say I've got a, this to say is to have a flat tire, but then not say that you have a flat tire. If you have a flat tire and I notice it and I say, hey, you got a flat tire, it's stupid for you to say, I don't have a flat tire. I don't have a bad confession. No, it's not about your confession. You got a flat tire. I'm going to drive it anyway. You're going to ruin the tire and you're going to ruin the rim. Nope, I just don't receive that. You got a flat tire. No, I don't. I don't receive that. Well, it didn't receive any air either. Sometimes you have the car and sometimes you got a flat. You got both. What do I do when I got both? I fix the flat. Keep the car. Don't say I don't have... Has anybody ever seen somebody driving on a flat tire? Because first it goes, and then after a little bit, the stops. Because now the tire's ripped to shreds, and now you're, and there's sparks flying because you won't admit you got a flat tire. And the enemy has snuck into the church world and convinced you, don't say you have a problem. Don't admit that you're bitter all the time. Don't make a bad confession. Make a bad confession. What if blind Bartimaeus never told the Lord he's blind? Blind Bartimaeus goes to Jesus. Jesus looks at him in his face and says, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do about it? What if blind Bartimaeus would have said, nothing, I'm fine, I'm good. Nothing's wrong with me. And walks away. Thank you. The answer's right there in the book. He's blind Bartimaeus. What's wrong with him? He's blind. Jesus asked him, what's wrong? What do you want me to do? If at that point he says, nothing, I'm good. Then he stays blind. Okay? Let's go to two scriptures today, and I'm going to push this all together. Everybody say, sometimes you got both. Sometimes you got both. Go to Psalms 22. Anybody here got your Bible today? Amen? I got it with the pages. Anybody got it on your iPad? Anybody got it on your iPhone? Anybody got it on your eyeglasses? Wherever. Just get there. Psalm 22. I promise, if you'll help me, I won't preach long. If you don't help me, I will preach long. So look at your neighbor and say, that's on you. Psalms 22. Verse 1. This is David talking my god my god why hast thou forsaken me why art thou so far from helping me from the words of my roaring oh my god i cried in the in the daytime 
thou hearest not. And in the night season, I'm not silent. But thou, O Lord, are holy. Everybody say, but the Lord is holy. All right, go to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Everybody say, sometimes you got both. Numbers chapter 13. Children of Israel have come out of Egypt. They have sent 12 spies into the land. And now the spies are bringing back a report. It's not wrong to have a report. It's not wrong to have a report. It's not. Numbers chapter 13. And I want to begin reading verse 27. And they told him and said, We came to the land whither thou sentest. Surely it is flows with milk and honey. Everybody say milk and honey. And this is the fruit thereof. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, the, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. They dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people. Before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against that people for they are stronger than we are. They brought up an evil report of the land. Which they had searched under the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone and searched it, the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, all the people we saw in it were of great statue. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which are come, which, which are come to be giants. And we are in our own sight, we're like grasshoppers, as we are in their sight. Everybody say, sometimes you got both. What do you do when both reports are correct? Joshua and Caleb said there's milk and honey. They had me right there because I'm thinking donuts and milk. I'm good. I'm good. Donuts and milk, I'm there. And then said there's fruit therein. We can go take it. Ten other people said we can't do it because of who's already there. Both reports are correct. There's milk and there's honey and there's Amalekites and Hittites and Jebusites and Parasites. What do you do when both reports are right? What do you do when the Lord can restore your heart, but you're hurting and bitter and overcome by a bad situation that happened? What do you do when, you're, when, when your arms are not broken, but one leg, you've hyperextended your knee and you can't walk? You got both. What do you do if you got a flat tire? You sell the car? You got both. What do you do? But you got a good job, but you can't stand some of the people you work with. You got both. <laughs> what do you do with some of your family? <laughs> Don't drown them. Don't drown them. Because some of your family, you'll tell me, if we're just being honest, they're crazy. But you'll show up at Christmas. And you'll sit around the table and you'll eat together. Why? Are they still crazy? Yeah, but you got both. Look at somebody and say, sometimes you got both. 
See, we have been convinced by the enemy to say to that if we said anything negative, then we had a bad report. I can tell you the report, but then I'm going to let you know the spirit that God has put down in me. I'm Joshua and Caleb. Yep. They got giants. Yep, they got walled cities. Yep, they already there, but yep, we're going to go up. Yep, it's going to get better. It, it, it's kind of like with, they, they, they had two little boys. They're about eight years old, nine years old. They took them out to the barn, and the barn was full of manure. And one little boy said, why'd you bring me out to this barn? It's full of manure. And he was right. The other little boy said, with all this manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> they were both right. What do you do when you got both? What do you do when you feel like David and you're crying out to the Lord, but you know the Lord is good, but you feel like that he's not listening? What do you do when you feel like you've done everything you can do, but you don't really know what's going on? What do you do when you have both things operating simultaneously? You're not lying. Look, the other spot, the 10 spies weren't lying. They were being truthful. Joshua and Caleb were being truthful. What do you do when you got both? What do you do when the truth stares you in the face? What do you do when you're like David and you feel like saying, look, I've been talking to you, but you're not answering me. What do you do when you feel like you've been talking to God, but he's not giving you all the answers? I'm here to remind you today that even though you not get the answer you wanted when you wanted it, the Lord is still listening to you. The Lord is always listening to you, I promise. The Lord may not answer immediately. The Lord may not answer you at all. The Lord may not give you the answer you wanted, but I'm here to promise you and, and remind your spirit that the Lord is always listening to you. But I need you to brace yourself and understand sometimes you want answers and the Lord is not obligated to give you an answer. I grew up in a time which is much different than the society is today. When we were kids, we were told to shut up. The adults are talking. You asked your daddy why on the second time you felt a backhand. I don't have to answer you, boy. Get it and let's go. Well, I don't like that answer. I want God to tell me everything. God doesn't have to tell you everything. He's not going to tell you everything because if he told you everything, you'd argue with him about how he's doing it. The Lord doesn't have to give you the answer you want. The Lord doesn't have to answer you at all. Look, I don't, I don't understand why it works that way. I just know that I don't understand the end from the beginning. I don't understand how it all fits together. But I do believe that I can follow the Lord and have faith that whatever I'm going through, he's going to stay with me, he's going to lead me, and he's going to guide me. Look, I can't explain science. There's some things in science I cannot explain. I can't tell you everything that happened. I can't tell you how Jesus died 2,000 years ago and he spilled his blood, but his blood will still cleanse you from sin. His blood will break an addiction. His blood can heal your body. His blood can heal your mind. His blood can set you free. His blood can get you set. You can get free from a demon. I wish I knew how it worked, but I don't, but I believe it. The problem is you don't get to control the Lord. Look at somebody behind you say, he is really talking to you right now. <laughs> you don't get to control it. You don't get to tell God when to do it. You don't get to tell him how to do it. 
Why? Because it has to be according to his purpose. He is holy. He gets all the glory. It's always his plan. It's always his agenda. It's always his purpose. And sometimes people get in their own life. And sometimes some of your biggest problems are your fault. Sometimes you need to go to the mirror and say, I'm the problem. It was me. That's why it all fell apart. Even for the part that wasn't you, you still need to take recognition and say, I was just a jerk. I could have got some better amens out of that one. But you're sitting close to your spouse, so I understand. That's good. You don't control the Lord. He doesn't answer to you. You answer to him. Real faith is not a confession. Real faith is walking with God when you don't understand. Tweet that. I'm not sure what tweeting is, but they say it's cool. So, Real faith is not a confession. Real faith is walking with God When you don't understand what's going on, real faith is staying with the Lord when you feel frustrated. Real faith is staying with the Lord even when you're crying. Real faith is staying with the Lord when it fell apart. Real faith is saying, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving your side. You said you wouldn't leave me and I'm not leaving you. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I have faith that you're going to do something. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise. Real faith is walking with God and still walking it out. Real faith is being honest and still walking with the Lord. God is not defined by your circumstances or your situation. He is undefinable. He is self-defined. He does not exist because you say he does. God is not impressed with an atheist that says he does not exist. God said, I existed before the atheist was even born. He is beyond our comprehension. He is beyond our control. He is beyond our confinement. He is beyond our understanding. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He is present in all things. He feels all things. He is holy. He within himself. He is the I am that is the I am. And I'm reminding you today that the Lord will still move in your situation. Even when you got both, you can tell the Lord how you feel and it doesn't offend the Lord. We're too worried about being saying the exact perfect thing in the presence of the Lord. Just tell him how you feel. Pour out what you feel. Had a young man at the altar during worship time. He's up here crying. I don't know what he's praying about, but he's pouring it out. Too many people come into church, don't pour it out and take it right back home. At least he's trying to pour it out. I may be a failure, but I'll be a failure going to the altar. I'll be a failure getting prayed for. I'll be a failure saying, God, I don't want to be a failure. I want to pour it out and I want you to touch me and heal me and renew me and restore me. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. I'm here to remind you the Lord doesn't struggle with low self-esteem. He's not anxious. He's not depressed. He's not even discouraged. He is the highest being in the universe. He is mighty. He is majestic. He is beyond your comprehension. He's the Alpha and the Omega and every other Greek symbol. He's righteous and he's holy and he doesn't have to answer to you. He didn't have to answer you. He didn't have to tell you. He didn't have to tell you his plan. He didn't have to tell you how this happened. He didn't have to tell you. He didn't have to explain the intricacies of it all. He does not have to tell you that. And some answers you cannot Google. Some answers are not on the internet. 
But I'm here to remind you, Jesus knows and Jesus cares. Jesus knows and Jesus cares. He knows your good times. He knows your bad times. He knows your financial situation. He knows and he cares. He knows what's going on in your house. He knows what's going on in your emotions. He knows what's going on in your heart. He knows the turbulence in your body. He knows what's going on in your family and with your children. He knows how you feel in the flesh. He knows how you feel in your emotions, which was good preaching earlier. He knows how you feel in your mind. He knows and he cares. Jesus knows and he cares what's happening at your job. He knows and he cares what's happening in between the job. He knows what's going on in the ministry and going on in the church. I want to remind you today that Jesus knows and Jesus cares, even if he doesn't tell you everything. Sometimes it didn't work out. Guess what? Well, the Lord is still holy. Sometimes you get both. I I know know that we like to, to paint a picture that, well, if you follow the Lord, nothing will ever go wrong. That's not true. Why? Because in this world we wrestle Not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers. Even if you're living everything you know to live, there'll still be a devil attacking you. And it's not your spouse. Look forward, look forward, look forward. But what do you do with the frustration when God's not answering the way you want him to answer? He didn't heal how fast you wanted it to heal. He didn't deliver the way you wanted it delivered. What do you do? I don't like knowing I'm going to have both. I want to follow the Lord and not have both. But we haven't told people the absolute truth is sometimes you're going to have both simultaneously. Sometimes you'll have joy and sometimes you'll have pain. And I've earned the right. I've earned the right to talk about this. Because sometimes I got joy and sometimes I got pain in the same week or in the same month or in the same day. One minute I've been preaching restoration after my church burned down just on Tuesday. That was several years ago. I prayed over people to get healed and gone to the funeral in three weeks. Thank you for, I'm I'm getting really good amen right over here. Y'all need to get a representative going. (laughs) See, because we don't like to admit that. But sometimes you get both. There he is. Sometimes you got a good job, but you couldn't stand your supervisor. Sometimes you got a good lawnmower and you got to borrow a weed eater. Come on. Sometimes, oh, you got some biscuits, you ain't even got gravy. That's sad. Hurry, get to call somebody. Sometimes you got gravy and no biscuit. If you ain't got biscuits, get some white bread. Put it underneath that gravy. Come on, we eat good. I don't care if it's white bread, cornbread, or tortillas. We're going to get it done. We're going to. You got to use what you got. Sometimes you get both. Sometimes you're not careful. You get frustrated at God because he's not giving you all the answers. He can't give you all the answers. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. What do I do when it's both? David is saying, I've got both. Yes, I'm calling and you're not answering and, and I'm praying and you're not giving me answers and I'm praising, but I don't feel your spirit. But in spite of all that, you're still holy. But in spite of all that, you're still the king of kings. In spite of what I don't understand, you're still everything that I need. You're still the answer. You're still the, the answer to the equation. You're still high and lifted up. So what do I do when I get both? 
then I have to start being mature in the Lord and living out this fruit of the Spirit. Everybody likes gifts. Well, at least we used to in churches. Now we're going to churches. Anyway, thank God for this church that still believes in the gifts of the Spirit as well as the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. I don't want to learn about patience. You know how many church people don't even pray for patience anymore? Like, I ain't praying for that. You think it, why? You think you're going to sidestep it? Life ain't going to change. Yeah, but if I don't pray for patience, I can still gripe about it. Rather than learning and maturing, I can still gripe about it and I don't have to learn anything. And Satan understands that, so he doesn't have to do anything special. He just lets life happen to you, and you're so immature, you collapse because one thing went wrong. You had a flat tire, and you say, the whole day is bad. Let me tell you, it's the day the Lord has made, and I got some friends, and I'll get a compressor. I'll get air back in my tire. God's been good to me. We need to turn this thing around and stop letting a bad report be the only report. It's okay to have a bad report. It's okay to have a flat tire, but do something about it. Well, Brother Woody, I don't don't have a jack or or I don't have a tire tool. You know somebody that does. And if you don't have any friends, that's on you. Quit being mean and hateful and angry all the time. I don't have tools, but I got friends. I brought one of my friends with tools with me. You know what I do? I I buy his breakfast. He wants a Dr. Pepper. Guess what he gets? Dr. Pepper. Why? Because I'm going to have flat tires sometime. I'm going to have, you're going to have stuff happen that you don't like. It doesn't mean the Lord lets you down and you're so easily offended. Satan doesn't even have to send the devil anymore. You've already got your own anger and your own frustration built up. You throw your own tantrum. You already go ahead and cuss the lawnmower, blame it on the cat and kick the dog and drown the fish. (laughs) Satan doesn't have to waste any time on you. You'll overreact in a bad way all by yourself. Look at somebody behind you say, he's up in your Kool-Aid today. He is all on you. (laughs) Not me. I've been growing in the Lord. I feel good. Glory to God. Bless the name of the Lord. Sometimes you get both. 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 Jesus had a a close friend named Lazarus, and Lazarus died. Well, yeah, but Jesus rose him from the dead. Well, he had to die again. If I'm Lazarus, I might have a little talk with Jesus later going, look, I appreciate you getting me up. But I was already talking to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I'd already seen King David. I was good just to stay there in paradise. Jesus like, no, come on back for a little bit. Don't bring me back. If you, you put the defibrillator on me, I'll come up and cast something out of you. If I ever get to the other, if I ever see Jesus, don't you bring me back to this place. Somebody say Amen. We live in, we, we, we spend too much time gripping on here. Let me go. Let, I, some people believe in the rapture. I want to go with them. Some of y'all want to stay? I'd rather go. If the Lord showed up to go, who wants to go? 
All right. What are we going to do till then? I'm going to be faithful. And until then, I'm going to get both. How many of you here, you live in Texas? How many of you have lived here past one week? You, you just got, you moved in? You've been just now? Your car broke down? Okay. You, you, know what, you know what kind of bothers me? Somebody that's lived here 30 years telling me that it's hot. It's Texas. You're going to get hot. Guess what we're not going to get? Snow. We had one week of snow. Shut the state down. Had the blizzard of 2021. Everybody's stealing gas and hoarding food. I wasn't. Why? It's going to be in Texas. It's going to get hot again. It's going to melt off in two days. I'm not worried about tomorrow. I know who holds tomorrow. The enemy can't trip me up because I already know I'm going to get both. I'm going to get good and I'm going to get other stuff that I don't want. I'm old enough to know that when you're four, you don't understand that. I got granddaughters that are three. They don't understand when Papa says no. Everybody looks at me, well, there's three. You have to tell them yes. She asked to drive the car. It's not time. Later, I'll probably buy the car. I just don't need her driving now. She's three. See, sometimes God's telling you no because you ain't ready. Sometimes God tells you no because you'll throw a fit over it. Sometimes God tells you no and then you say you got a bad week rather than saying, if God said no, I trust the Lord. If God's changing something, I trust the Lord. If it's not going my way, I trust the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. I won't be bitter. I won't be angry. I will be his servant in the earth as long as I'm here. Everybody say sometimes it's both. But the Lord is holy. All things, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his, not your purpose, his purpose. Not your opinion, his purpose. Not your frustration, his purpose. Not your depression, his purpose. Not your anger, his purpose. His purpose. It will work together for your good if it's in line with his purpose. Because he has an agenda, he has a plan, and he doesn't have to move everything around for your plan. Life is a mystery, and you will have to live it out. Life is a mystery, and the Lord does not have to promise you everything at every moment for everything you want for the moment in time. Life is difficult. Life is hard. When I get to heaven, I will have a face-to-face conversation with my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Adam, who made all of us men to sweat. We did not sweat, and then God, then, you know, they did what they did, and then the Lord's like, now you will work by the sweat of your brow. I can't preach 10 minutes. I'm already sweating. Can't walk outside. I'm sweating. I'm mad at somebody that caused that in me. 
who caused your frustration and you're still mad at them? Who did something but you're still mad at them? Who hurt you but you're not over it yet? Because we don't know how to pour out our heart to the Lord and say sometimes it's both. Sometimes it was them. Sometimes it was me. Sometimes it was my failure. Sometimes it was their failure. Sometimes it's my frustration. Sometimes it's my inability to wait. Sometimes you get both. And the enemy jumps on you because you got both and you start listening You start listening too much to what he's saying rather than saying, no, 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 no. No, I read the book and he told me from the beginning, I'm going to have both. As long as I'm in this world, I'll have seed, time, and harvest. As long as I'm in this world and I live in Texas, it's going to be hot every single summer. I'm going to need AC in my car. I'm going to need AC in my house. I'm going to need AC on my lawnmower. If I'm doing it, I need some AC on it. Somebody say amen. And when you don't have enough AC, then you turn the fan on. That's the only way I can sleep anyway. So it can be hot outside, but I got AC on the inside. I'm going to have hot and I'm going to have AC. I am going to have both. Somebody say amen because I'm not going to look. God doesn't have to tell you everything. God didn't tell Job everything. God didn't tell his disciples everything. God didn't tell Stephen everything when they were stoning Stephen. God didn't stop the stones. Jesus just let the stones kill him anyway. When Paul went on all his missionary journeys, you know why nobody wants to go with him? Because Paul got beat, stoned, and thrown into prison. I told Bubba, if you go with me today, we might get beat, stoned, and thrown into prison. He said, well, I'm going anyway. God does not always stop everything that's bad in your life. And you have to understand that even in spite of that, some days you are going to get both. But just because you are getting both, it does not disqualify that the word of God and the spirit of God are working in you. You've got to understand that just because you got both doesn't mean that you're going to be stopped. Because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Weeping endures for for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I was young, but now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. We've been perplexed, but we're not in despair. We've been persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We've been cast down, but we're not destroyed. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power and love But seek you first the kingdom of God. For these things which we are seeing now, they are temporal. But the things which are not seen, they are eternal. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I'm here to remind you, but my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Somebody clap your hands and give God a praise. Because even in the middle of both, the Lord is still with you. The Lord is still going to get the glory. The Lord is still going to be your testimony. Touch, touch somebody next to you and say, thank God he's almost done. Because you need to be reminded it's your faith. It's your faith in Jesus, 
Not your faith in you. Not your faith in something else. It's your faith in Jesus that keeps you moving. It's your faith that, that makes petitions to heaven. It's your faith in Jesus that rebukes devils. It's your faith that can rebuke sickness. It's your faith that gives you courage and strength. It's your faith that gives you confidence. It's your faith in Jesus that contacts the spirit of God. It's your faith in Jesus that grabs the promises of God and embraces the word of God. It's your faith in Jesus that gives you joy, gives you patience, forgives others, rejects bitterness, changes your habits, drives away depression, keeps away despair, rejects anger, floods your soul, renews the mind, gives you strength, moves you to righteousness, looses your past, brings you into healing. It's your faith in the middle of both of it that gives you the victory. Somebody clap your hands and say, thank God. The Lord is helping me in the middle of both. Stand to your feet all over the building. I told you I was almost done. I'm not a lying preacher. I don't lie about it. Raise one hand to heaven. Say, Lord, I needed this today. Some of you didn't even try. Raise one hand to heaven. Say, Lord, I needed this today. You're the Lord of both. You're the Lord of both. When I see the enemy and when I see the, when I see the blessing, you're still our, my God. Jesus, thank you for staying with me in the middle of both. Thank you for what you mean. Somebody needs to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You didn't leave me to my own devices. You didn't leave me when I told you, Lord, I thank you that in the middle of both, you're with me. I need you more than anything because you stay in the middle of both. Don't let the enemy point only to all the bad things. Stop sometimes and say, yeah, but the Lord is still holy, but he will supply all of my needs, but I'm still going to be with the Lord. Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The enemy fights your cheer. The enemy fights your gladness. The enemy fights your joy because you keep thinking you can't have it in the middle of both. But sometimes your biggest experience with God will be in the middle of fire. Be in the middle of a lion's den. We'll be in the middle of a problem. See, I I like the Jesus that'll go with you to your job and the Jesus that goes with you to the hospital. I like the Jesus that, that shows up to the marriages, but sometimes Jesus has to walk with you to the divorce court. I like the Jesus that celebrates when a newborn baby is born into a family, but I also like the fact that Jesus goes with you to the funeral home. I wish we'd understand that our faith is still renewed and still triumphant even in both. Raise one hand to heaven one more time. Say, Lord, I need you in the both. Lord, I need you in the both. I'm not going to determine my week by the bad stuff. I'm going to determine my week by who I live for who I serve because even in the middle of the bad stuff you're going to bring things I don't understand because you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory everybody clap your hands give God a shout of praise that he's the God even in your both you're here today you're watching online and you say pastor I'm going through both But I believe today that God is bigger than my worst day. 
Whose report will you believe? believe? I believe, I believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. But the doctor said I'm sick. That's okay. I got both reports, but I'm going to lean on the Lord. I believe by his stripes I'm healed. Maybe today you've got a bad report. Maybe today you're struggling in your home. Maybe today if you were to die, you're not sure you would go be with Jesus. There's good and evil, both fighting. But today Jesus wins.